0: Hi everyone. Welcome to my podcast today. The story you are about to hear is murder-free, we think, and very ghostly. We're going back to Mark Jasper's book, Haunted Cape Cod and the Islands. The story Mark has written is about a house in Barnstable. This story, he has titled it The Haunted Barn, B-A-R-N. Remember, this book was published in 2002, and so much has changed since then. And I did research it, but it's the private residences now. So this is the story from Mark. Quote, the historic Bacon Barn, situated in Bastable Village, is currently owned by Pat and Jack Coffey. I interviewed Pat on a dark and stormy night. How appropriate, huh? <laughs> Here is what she said. When we began looking for a house on the Cape, this was, this one was the first house the realtor showed us. I didn't like the exterior of the home, nor did I like the location, but as soon as I walked through the front door, I don't know what came over me. I knew this was my house. I hadn't even met the owners, but I was already picturing where I would place my furniture. The house, which was once barn and used primarily to house cows, was part of the Bacon farm and owned by the Bacon family in the 1800s. Daniel C. Bacon, a sea captain, built the house next door, his main dwelling. We bought this converted barn house in the month of January. I drove down to visit with my daughter and her children, but for some reason, the house just didn't feel the same to me. The first thing I thought to myself was, did I make a mistake in buying this house? We moved into the house in May. We didn't have any of our furniture with us. It wasn't going to be delivered until June. Fortunately, the previous owners left the bedroom furniture for us. I remember one afternoon, my husband Jack was upstairs in the loft, hooking up speakers to the stereo, and I was in the kitchen. All of a sudden, I heard click, click, click. It was the sound of heels coming down the stairs and across the floor. I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder what that is. But nobody was there. I really didn't think too much about it and soon forgot about it. That night, Jack and I went out for dinner at the Mattakes restaurant. It was a very foggy and spooky night. While we were sitting in the restaurant, Jack said to me, did you hear footsteps this afternoon? I said to him, yes, I did, but let's discuss it in the morning. Well, the next morning, it was sunny and bright, and Jack questioned me again about the footsteps. He said, I thought it was you. And I said, hmm, I thought it was you. Now, before I left for the week, I hung my candle scones on the wall. I think I pronounced that right. Scones or sconces, sconces. When I returned Friday night, I noticed the sconces on the left were on the floor with the candle intact. It was like someone had taken them down and gently placed them on the floor. In fact, the hook was still on the wall. This happened more than once. I said to Jack, I don't think she likes where I put these sconces, referring to the spirit, whom I assumed was a woman because of the sound of the heels. Well, Jack was not accepting any of this. He kept saying, that stuff isn't true. A friend of mine who knows a lot about it told me to move the sconces over about three inches and to this day the sconces have never come off the wall again so i'm going to take a little break here excuse me and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes to tell you the rest of the story hi everyone we're back um then I hope things are a little quieter too (laughs) in the background. Okay, now this is still quote the rest of the story. There were other little things that used to happen as well. For instance, I would put something in a certain place, and if I wasn't sure it looked right, I would often come back and find it askew. I would straighten whatever it was and leave the room only to come back and find it askew again. I also began to see this white haze whenever I walked up the staircase to the second floor. The haze began at the front bedroom and swept across the fireplace, just like a fog. Then it would disappear as if someone had sucked it up in a vacuum cleaner. Others who have visited the house have also witnessed this haze. The first summer was brutally hot. I believe it was the month of July when the children were down visiting. I was off Cape and didn't get home until five. When I walked in, there was no one home. The kitchen was a mess. There were dishes piled everywhere. Now, I'm sort of a neatnik, so I began to stack the dishes in the dishwasher. When I felt a presence, I looked up and there standing on the rug in the hallway was a woman. She was petite with beautiful gray hair. She was wearing a long black dress but had no face. She was just standing there, and then she disappeared. My daughter and I have also seen a woman with long black hair sitting on the coffee table in the living room. She began to appear right after we bought the table, a couple of years after we moved in, she would always sit facing the fireplace, but you couldn't see her reflection in the glass doors of the fireplace. I believe it has been three years since we have seen her. Now, when the children first began visiting, I noticed how active the house became just after they would leave. I used to brace myself because I knew what was about to happen all of the doors on the second floor would open and slam shut. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Sounds like a mother trying to straighten things up, huh? My granddaughter's room, in my granddaughter's room, who was three years old at the time, we had a very strong experience. About four o'clock in the morning, my daughter, who was sleeping in another bedroom, began to hear over the baby monitor, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. She dashed into my granddaughter's room, and upon entering, saw what she described as a little boy wearing a baseball uniform, although I think he was probably wearing knickers. She said the little boy was bending over, looking at all the beaning babies that my granddaughter slept with, and then he just disappeared. My granddaughter remained fast asleep. My daughter also told me that one morning she heard my granddaughter laughing and playing in her room. She said she walked into the room and asked her who she was playing with. My granddaughter replied, the lady. My daughter asked if she was scared and she replied, no, she's funny. She makes me laugh. One afternoon, Jack and I decided to take the grandchildren on the Cape Cod train because my daughter wasn't feeling well and really needed to get some rest. When we returned, she said she barely got any sleep because the child's voice kept calling out to her, mommy, mommy, and then she found herself staring at that little boy once again. If that wasn't enough, we even have a ghost cat that floats around the house. My daughter has was the first one to experience this ghost cat. She said that while putting the kids in the tub in the front bedroom, she began to hear what sounded like a cat dashing around, and the dust ruffles on her bed began to move. When she mentioned this to me, I honestly thought it was your cat, but one night we were sitting in the kitchen and we heard this sound we both looked up and there was a huge white angora cat that jumped from the windowsill to the countertop and then just vanished huh. i have to tell you that i find it very strange that a house that was primarily used as a dairy farm barn in the 1800s and virtually inhabited Uninhabited by people until 1871, that we would have so many spirits living here. And that's unquote. And there ends the story from Mark. So, she has a valid point. Where did all of these ghosts come from? Were they living in the barn with the animals? So unlikely. Ghosts gravitate to where they're most comfortable when they were alive, and even when they are dead. One supposition could be the little boy ghost is looking for his mommy. Sounds obvious. She may have lived and died in the main house, perhaps of some fever. The gray-haired small ghost may have been Daniel C. Bacon's mother or sister, and I'm getting confirmed that she was his sister. She accompanied Daniel back from England and became ill and died of age. The coffee table ghost was his brother's wife who came to check out the house. She was a little envious. The sconces were rearranged by the mistress of the house, or was, and her boots did click across the floor. She was the mommy the little boys were searching for. My sources tell me that these apparitions came to inhabit the barn as they were unwelcome in the big house. So they set up ghost keeping in the barn once it was remodeled, where they were much happier and they liked the new owners. Well, there you have it, our podcast for this time. Yes, we are murder free most of the time and very ghostly. Remember, these are the residents who do not pay taxes. How on earth would they do that? And imagine the currency. (laughs) That would be fun, huh? No idea what will come next. I have no idea what the next podcast will be about. Thanks for listening. By the way, tell your friends. And if you want to tell us about your ghostly experiences, we have a direct line ghostly.residence at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. As promised, these podcasts are murder free, almost, and always frightfully ghostly. If you are someone you know, has had a ghostly experience, give them our free email address, ghostly.residence at gmail.com. That's ghostly, G-H-O-S-T-L-Y dot residence, R-E-S-I-D-E-N-T-S at gmail.com. We would love to hear about it. This podcast and all of our podcasts are created on Spotify. The easiest way to make a podcast and believe me, it really is. The written transcript can be found on our website, https colon slash slash Cape Now there is a poll at the end of this podcast in case you want to comment we would really appreciate any comments or ideas you may have thanks for listening